All right. Um, so I think we're, we're just, we're missing one, right? Is that it? Is that one? One, two. This is what I did the whole time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. He's here. Where'd he go? Come on. Come on, Wade. Come on, Wade. I'll bring you a chair. I'll bring you a chair up special just for you. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it was like, where's Wade? <laughs> just kidding. Um, all right, so uh, here's what we're going to do today. Uh, first of all, I know everybody wants to know about the trip and how that went and everything. And so um, you're going to hear from a lot of people today, a lot of people. Uh, each one kind of is going to share a little bit, not every single person, but a lot of them will, uh, about what we did. Uh, and so uh, just kind of give an overview. Um, we left on Monday the 23rd, is that right? 24th, okay, I'm so off of my time, uh, 24th, and so uh, uh, Monday was really more of a travel day, and we were in ministry Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then came back Saturday on a travel day, and that's about all I'm going to give you because I really want them to be able to tell um, what God did um, in the midst of them, but then also what we were able to do while we were there. Uh, so am I, is the white mic, Mark? Where you at, Mark? <laughs> I want to know which mic they can use. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll, start, we'll start off first thing. Um, so the first part of the, the, the um, uh, uh, service today will be um, just basically each person kind of sharing what we did because there's about five things that really kind of stood out to us, four things that we did ministry-wise, and then a fifth thing that was kind of cool. And then, uh, then we'll play some more, some more pictures, uh, look at some more pictures, and then some, some cool stuff to share after that as well. So at this time, I want to invite Angela Berry. Where are you at? There you are. Okay. All right. She's going to uh, tell us a little bit about what we did with the home visits. Okay. okay. I'm standing here today because I asked to talk about the home visits, but I want to back up for just a bit. This was my fourth mission trip, and each time I worked with the children through VBS. Before VBS started, we were asked to go to the homes around the church and invite everyone to come. As we were there, I find out they want us to talk to the adults, read Bible verses, um, give our testimony, and pray with them. Honestly, I was thinking, okay, I'll just stand by on the sidelines and watch. I'll pray as they pray, but please don't ask me to do more. Um, there was times that I could have, but I didn't. And later on, um, after supper, everybody talked about their day. And it hit me that, you know, I could have said something, but I didn't. Um, day two, I had asked God that morning to take my insecurities away. If he wanted to use me, I wasn't going to let myself stand in the way. The first person I talked to said she went to church, but that was about all. So I told her my testimony and how I, re- how I for a really long time, I'd went to church and um, I was in the choir. I even went on another mission trip um, and I was doing all these things for the Lord, but did not totally surrendered. And, I'd, and um, until I did... I didn't really have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, She did not take any more steps towards your personal relationship, but that seed did get planted. The next day, we went to a house where a lady um, had just lost her sister. My heart aches for her because I had lost my brother, and I knew exactly how she felt. 
um, I gave her, I asked her um, if she knew that she was going to go to heaven and told her how she could know for sure. Um, I prayed with her out loud by myself. Uh, God gave me confidence. He gave me strength. And um, he used me in Guatemala. He gave me boldness. And he said, Angela, if you can do this with a language barrier, what is going to stop you when you get back home? So, um, like I said, he gave me boldness. And I came back a different person. And that's about it. <laughs> All right, so the, so the house visits, is, and we were in two different places, Los Pinos and Los Orales, and um, did I say that wrong? Okay, all right, I'm, 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 I was butchering that. Los Pinos was easy, the other one I was struggling with. Uh, so the, at Los Pinos, we would, we would start the days um, with house visits in the morning, then we'd go back for lunch, and then we would do VBSs in the afternoon. And so Chicky's going to tell us a little bit about the VBSs. Um, one of my prayers going over there was that, that I would meet friends while I was there, meet somebody that said, you know, me too. And another one was that the VBS would go well because we're taking something that we prepared for people that could understand what we were saying to people that couldn't. And I want to tell you guys, just the heart of those kids over there, they were so appreciative. I want to instill everybody in their children's lives that you require them to tell you thank you after you give them something because those kids... Every single thing that we handed them, they said, gracias. Everything that we'd done, they said, gracias. They were so appreciative. And it broke my heart that I don't instill more of that in my children. And even the 13 and 14-year-old kids that saw these crafts, and they were nothing. You know, they were cardboard toilet paper rolls and, you know, little things. But they were so respectful that we took our time to come and spend time with them. Even the worship song, they participated. You could even tell the ones that were the jokesters in the crowd and stuff like that that were like, yeah, this is silly. But they even fell in there and did what they were supposed to do. And my heart broke for the teenagers that went with us because I see our, I see our children's area struggling. We don't have volunteers. And they had 10, 11, 12 volunteers every day walking every step that we did, pouring out for those little children and spending time with them, loving on those kids. And the VBS went great. It went off without a hitch. Like the recreation, the everything was great. And the last day of VBS was even, even better, you know. We had... About 200 kids at Los Arales and at least 80, 80 kids a day at Los Pinos that kept coming back. You know, and even we, we skipped a day. We went to Los Pinos one day, 
wasn't there, then come back, and those kids came back anyway. So it was just a really good experience, and I'm glad I got to go. And my nickname is Chicky. So over there, Pollito <laughs> is, is how they would say it. And those kids eat it up. Yeah, I'm a big guy, and so I'm telling them I'm a little chicken. <laughs> so, so they loved it. And when I got back here, those kids every day would say, Puyito, 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 and come up and give me a hug. And Luke ran up and said, Chicky, and gave me a big hug. And that's when I knew God's using me in the right spot. I'm supposed to be with children. And that's where I'm at. And I'm going to pour into it here like I did there. Love y'all. All right, so that's kind of what Los Pinos was every single day was the house visits and then the VBS. But when we went to uh, Los Loralis, that's where um, Operation Amalia is um, functioning. And so that's what we did with the big offering. And uh, this past year, uh, just to remind y'all, just from the standpoint of just crazy from the standpoint of the church, I think crazy from the standpoint of the, the offering too. Um, but because of your generosity last year, um, we were able to give um, uh, $9,500 to Operation Amalia, which was huge. Um, and a tremendous blessing to that ministry, and so to be able to see it in action and work was really cool, and so uh, Brandy Carter is going to show, kind of share a little bit about Operation Amalia. Muchas gracias. Still practicing. <laughs> so like you said, when we were in Los Laurelis, am I saying that right? Okay. Um, we got to visit and volunteer with Operation Amalia, which is a resource clinic for mothers of infants and toddlers. And y'all, I wanted to take all those babies home, but apparently that's not allowed. So, um, so, <laughs> um, so I think they said when we were there, they're seeing about 12 to 15 mothers every month. They can come, receive diapers, wipes, just basic necessities that their babies need that we take for granted here. But if they didn't have that clinic, they wouldn't have access to it. And so they also, they come every month, get their supplies, and they also receive a small checkup so the nurses can um, tell the mothers if their babies are progressing and um, if they need anything. Um, something that was cool, one of the workers was telling us that when the mothers first start coming, their babies are very dirty, and obviously that can lead to health problems, but as they keep coming back, they're noticing improvements in their cleanliness and their health because the mothers are learning that that's important. And so that was really neat and encouraging to see physical needs met um, for the children and the mothers, but most importantly, we got to pray with every single mother, and we got to talk with them and see if they had any needs, just see what was going on with their life, be a friend, and we got to pray over every single child. Uh, and one thing, one thing about uh, Operation Amalia that we saw as well was that really it's focusing on the, the moms that are in the dump. But there are moms all over Los Arales that want to come with that. But it's more from the standpoint, if there's supplies left over, they can do that. So even from the standpoint of what we're doing, like the need is so much bigger than what we're even be able to from the standpoint. I say we. Is that okay for us to say we? Okay. Then we're able to provide uh, from that standpoint. So there were mothers that came in that morning and wanted to get it, but they had to come back that afternoon because we had to make sure um, the moms that were from the dump were taken care of first. 
and then they were there. So like the need is always bigger than really what the resources are. So at this time, I want to invite Todd up. He's going to tell us about um, what we saw at the dump. Um, how many of y'all ever been to a, a landfill in the United States? How many of you ever heard the word landfill? <laughs> Guys, uh, our landfills don't even describe it. It's, I felt like we were being paraded uh, through a circus. Their food um, was laid out on a plastic sheet that they had dug out of the, of the trash. Their homes uh, were not much more than lean-tos made out of tarps or whatever they could find. My only question was really not how can we get them out of this situation, but how can we be their friend? Because they really didn't appear to have any. Um, I've, been on, I've been on resource clinics where we go and visit the homeless. Our homeless population is blessed. I don't know if any of y'all ever seen or been in cities where you've seen the homeless living under bridges, but they're blessed. These guys have nothing. They work, they work all day to make enough wage to buy basic necessities, if possible. This... this Everybody has their burden on these trips. My burden is that is, is the dump. I don't I don't even necessarily have to ever step foot back in the dump, but I know I can do something about it. I know there's resources that we have. I know there's ways that we can go. But when we when we heard Jackson and Leah talking about it, and even Doctor Stewart telling us about it. Uh, the words that they used were nowhere near close to describing. But you know the one thing I see in their eyes? Is the one thing that everyone in this room lacks. Joy. Because if you had true joy, you would love what you have. Um, one thing to share about the, the, the dump ministry as well is um, uh, they go, I think it's every two weeks, they go and they, they, they feed at the dump. That's what Gustavo was telling me about, I believe. Okay, all right. Um, but they do a, a feeding program where they go and they, they feed them once every two weeks. <laughs> You're like, how, how, how do, th that doesn't sustain somebody once every two weeks. It's based on the resources. <laughs> 
Like, that's as much as they can do. So, um, all right, um, next one. This is the last one, then we'll take a little bit of a break. Cameron's going to come up. Um, one thing that was really cool, and I want to take it away from you. I'm not taking it away. I'm not taking it away from you. But um, we, we were going and, and, and ministering to, to different people and in these two different areas. But we did have a team of people that were going with us from the local church. But what was really cool is that they weren't adults. <laughs> Majority of them weren't, weren't adults that were, were going with us, and so I want Cameron to 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 um, talk about that. By the way, I haven't we haven't like I didn't do a big announcement, or whatever. But um, uh, we are in transition, and now Cameron is over our TSM. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I thought it was really cool for him um, because he he got to see teenagers in a different light um, and was able to serve with some teenagers over at um, in Jalapa. And so I want him to come and share a little bit about that as well. And Gavin's going to help him. Yeah, so um, as Buchanan said, um, each, each aspect that you've heard about, home visits, uh, the dump, the VBS, every step of the way we had a group of teenagers that were, were there with us and there really weren't any adults. All these teenagers, none of their parents were there serving, so it wasn't like, hey, I'm coming just because my parents are dragging me. They were there willingly and happy to be there. And, um, you know, you think in life, sometimes things happen by coincidence, but, but really um, it, it's not a coincidence that I took over TSM uh, about a month before we went, and then we get there, and there's... 10 to 12 teenagers there every day serving. And, I mean, they're in it. And when we went home visits, they're the ones that were knocking on the doors and making the introductions. It, without them, we, we could have done none of what we did that whole week. They were the ones that were saying, hey, these guys are here from America to tell you guys about Jesus. And they were, the, they were our access in. Because if we just went and knocked on those doors, they, they would have been thinking, who are these crazy Americans here? What, are, what do they want from us? Because, um, you know, these people, they have joy, but they don't know who we are or what we're doing there. But the fact that we had those teenagers there knocking on the door, telling them, hey, it's okay, they're okay, that really opened the door for us to minister. And it, w it was very humbling to see a 13, 14, 15-year-old sacrifice their whole week this was like their week out of school which a lot of them work and don't really go to school on a consistent basis um one of them his name was Luis he has to work during the week so he goes to school on Saturday but Luis was there every day he was there every single day through every aspect and the majority of them were were there they were committed and they were they were happy and they were content and a lot of times you, we we see here in America we're always chasing after the next new car, the, the next biggest house. We have so much stuff, access to so much stuff that it, it drowns out God. Well, over there, they don't have that. I mean, their teenagers have phones. They have Facebook and social media. But throughout the day, I mean, they weren't on their phones. They weren't really texting. When it was time to minister, it was time to minister. And they were, they were in it and committed. And a lot of the stuff that we have, yeah, it's a blessing, but... Is it drowning out what we're really supposed to be doing for God and, you know, the direction that we're supposed to be going in? And it was really just humbling and eye-opening to see that. And 
Yeah, I, I bought this shirt in the airport on the way home, and I thought it was cool because it had it had a thumbprint on it. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna get that because we're gonna we're gonna leave Temple's thumbprint on Guatemala." But as I put it on this morning, it hit me that yeah, we we left our thumbprint there. We had salvations. They're gonna talk about those in a minute, and that was awesome. But Guatemala, I know for me, and I can probably speak for everybody that's sitting up here. Guatemala, especially those teenagers, left its thumbprint on me. It, it left more of a thumbprint on me than I left on Guatemala. And I, I'm definitely changed from this experience. And it was just a, a huge blessing to, to see those teenagers and um, the sacrifice that they made for that whole week and to do it with joy and gladness. And it wasn't a burden. It was something that they wanted to be doing. This was my first mission trip ever, and um, the first day we got there, it was Mona and Kevin that we first met, that when we was up there, and um, they walked up to me, you know, introduced ourselves, and it just, I felt like I was at home, because just the way they comfort us, they were there for us every day, anything we needed, they helped us with, and um the uh, first, uh, the last day we went on house visits, um, David, I ain't going to take much from his because that was his, but his son, I, I had a cross necklace that was gave to me, and it was very, very special to me. I wore it for every baseball game, every everything. I wore that necklace, and... God told me to give it to the kid because it just, I needed to leave something. So, just seeing that kid smile when I gave him that necklace, knowing that he's never, probably never got something like that, it just. It just. I, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay in Guatemala and keep doing what we was doing because everything. It <laughs> and, you know, you can see the, the impact that it had on us and uh, any of the teenagers that are in here are really really anybody, adults or teenagers, if you've never been on an international mission trip, I would I would challenge you to to, to go because I, I went on this trip. Uh, Buchanan kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. It was really just a bucket list. I'd never been out of the country. I just wanted to go on an international mission trip. And, I mean, it, it was hard to come home. It, it, it felt like home. The people were welcoming. The people loved you from the start. I mean, they're teenagers. They're just like... They're just like our teenagers. They kick, they go outside and kick the soccer ball around. They mess with each other. They play pranks on each other. So they're they're just like us. They're thousands of miles away, but but they're exactly like we are. And uh, you know, they they really had an impression on us. And I'm I'm proud of this guy for going, and Braxton and Macy. And I hope uh, I hope next year to to see some more teenagers teenagers out there because it it's really something that that can impact your life uh, for for years to come. Um, all right, so we're about to show, now, the, uh, 
everything that we did was really cool, but the most important thing that happened while we were there was that people went from death to life. Amen? Amen. The people were saved. And I, I, and I need y'all to hear those stories, and so at this time I want to invite y'all to come down because I want y'all to be able to see. So we're going to show you a, a, a quick video. Um, let them all get down there before you do it. Um, so that, um, and this is just really focusing on from the standpoint of us sharing um, and, and kind of seeing us from the standpoint of the people and sharing with the people, and then we got some more stories to, to tell. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line with all the other not quite. We'll all never get it right But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time Cause I'm just a nobody We're Trying to tell everybody we're All about somebody Who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus When Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders Nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose So when I hear that Start talking to me, saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm, I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, well, all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to see. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world. Nobody, nobody trying to tell everybody all about. 
right, someone brought the team back up. Come on up, come on up, come on up. <clears throat> By the way, I encourage you to check that song out. Y'all have never heard that song? I heard it this week, and I was like, and I shared it with the team. I said, man, this maybe made me think about it. I want to be a nobody. And they're like, man, could we incorporate that into Sunday? And I'm like, yeah, it's already done. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I love how y'all, different spots, that's awesome. Okay, so, um, so here, here's what's really cool about this. Um, and, and, and I know there's different ways to do missions. Um, and sometimes in mission trips, you, you set up something to where the people come to you. Um, and, and, and I'm not trying to say it in a bad way, but sometimes that makes it a little bit easier because it, like, if they come to us, like, okay, somebody comes to our church, we tell them about Jesus, that makes it a little easier versus me having to go out to get to them. Um, those house visits were not a, hey, they're coming to us. We had to go to them. And so every single one of our salvations did not come through VBS, did not come through a church service, did not come at Operation Amalia, did not come at the dump. Every single salvation came because we went to a house, knocked on the door, and shared the story with somebody. Every single one of them. And so we had eight salvations. That's awesome, right? Eight salvations. And I already break one of my rules because here's the deal. It's not about the number. It's not about the number. It's not about the number. Salvation is not about a number. Salvation is about a person putting their faith and trust in Jesus and going from death to life. And so since they're more than just a number, it's a person, I think y'all need to hear a little bit about the people that we're able to lead to Christ. And so each there's about four or five of us that are going to share that. We're going to let Rebecca go first because she won the most. Okay, <laughs> If it was a competition, she would have won. Okay, um, But she had the privilege and honor of uh, leading three people to Christ in Guatemala. And so that's really cool. So it, and anything she doesn't say, I will fill in the blanks in case she comes super humble. But go ahead and share. And and you have you, that's that first picture, I think. And and, re, and we're going to show some pictures, not everybody's picture, but we we want you to see a face. Okay, you want a face and a name and all that kind of stuff. But go ahead. Um. So this is Otelia, and she was the lady that I got to lead to the Lord. Um, we got to talk with her about. Um, if she went to church and if she had a relationship with Jesus and she said no and um, we asked her if she knew where she would go if she would die and she said no and we talked to her a little bit more and got to share some scripture and um, we asked her if she would like to know for sure where she would go and um, to have peace and a relationship with Jesus and she said yes so she accepted Christ as her savior but what was really cool about this story is that prior to the trip um, I had been praying, Lord, strengthen my faith, God, strengthen my faith, um, just take away these doubts, Lord, I just, um, I need you to help me, what is something that I need to do um, in order to strengthen my faith, and um, he said, when you pray, pray specifics, and that was not something, you know, I would pray broad prayer requests, but um, he was really working on me to pray specifically, so I said, okay, Lord, um, I am praying that, Lord, I want you to help me lead someone to the Lord on the very first day that we're there, the very first day. Um, I kind of didn't really believe that it would happen, but I was praying that. And sure enough, um, the very first day that we were there, um, 
that's who I was able to talk to and lead to the Lord. And it was cool because I think it's in Ephesians 3.20 maybe. Um, the Bible talks about he does exceedingly abundantly above what we think or ask. And not only was it the first day we were there, but it was also the first house we visited. And um, I was also, you know, I was kind of content with just the one, you know, like, thank you for answering my prayer. Um, so we went about the week, and I mean, we were still sharing the gospel and everything, but on the last day, I was able to lead two more people to Christ, and it was a brother and a sister, and unfortunately, we don't have a photo with them, but we told them that we would continue praying for them, um, so just, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> And, and here, here's the part that she won't talk about, but one of the people you led to Christ, you actually led in Spanish, right? Like, that's really cool. Come on. Like, I, I barely could do it in English. She did it in Spanish. All right. Never mind. Okay. Maybe y'all are excited about that. Whatever. Okay. Ne next person you lead to Christ, make sure you're doing Spanish and tell me how it is. Okay. Uh, David. Okay. This is Louise. Um. I guess last year I got to speak about our Africa trip, got to lead my first person across. And this year, uh, Rebecca set the standard really high right off the get-go. <laughs> I was in her group, so I couldn't let her be the only one the first day. No, um, the Lord allowed me to be um, to cross this guy's path. That's his father. I didn't, I didn't write his name down. Um, we talked to the father, though, because we kind of directed towards him. And uh, after speaking with him, I found out, you know, he... he I was pretty comfortable knowing that he knew the Lord. But as we're talking, I kind of noticed his son sitting back to the back, kind of just looked like he was completely clueless to what was going on. And I explained to him that uh, as a father, you know, it's his responsibility to make sure that his family knows the Lord. And, and you know, that uh, the cool part about this whole thing is, is as I'm speaking, I've got Gavin, which you guys seen a minute ago, was standing behind me and... I got to share with him. I got to use him. I said, you know, my son's right here. I know he knows the Lord. Would you mind if I speak to your son? And he was open about him, wanted me to. And that's when he wanted to have what his father had. Um, but it was just awesome to be able to stand there with my own son and to, to share God with another man's son. And now, you know, I know to, that there's another, there's another soul that's been one to the Lord. And it's just been, it was a pleasure. The whole trip was awesome. Had a, a great interpreter. Every trip, this is my second trip, and uh, the first trip I was worried about, you know, can the Lord use my testimony? And uh, the, from the get-go, our interpreter, um, he told me, he said, well, at the end of this trip, he told me, he said, man, it was awesome to be able to know that I had somebody this time that I could relate to. Um, he was, uh, been in prison, um, drugs, alcohol the addiction side of everything. He had done been down that road. And it was just, uh, it was awesome, our interpreter. And it also helps, too, knowing an interpreter's been saved. He knows the Lord. Um, he made our job easy because we could kind of share, and he would carry what we were saying a little bit further. Um, and that goes a long way. So his name is Carlos. Y'all keep Carlos in your prayers. Thank you. Amen. Oh, and by the way, um, I know you're going to share that in, at Coleman, the testimony video, but we want a copy of that so we can share that as well. Making y'all know that. So, um, all right, uh, next up was uh, Tori. Tori, come on up. I think we got a picture of your, yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, this is um, Hermana Bilma, Sister Bilma. And when we got to her house, okay, so the first day that we were there, um, the group that I was um, in, it was me and Macy and Chicky and Cameron. And we are, um, had been going around and inviting people with a couple of the teenagers there and a, a translator. And we kind of forgot to be sharing scripture and testimonies and praying with the people on the first day. And we were inviting them to vacation Bible school and just trying to like really just establish relationships with them and just kind of get our feet under us, if that makes sense, like just to feel out why we were there. And so one of the um, one of the women that we talked to, we had shared with her why we were there. And our translator talked to her a little bit. And I'm speaking fast because I know this wasn't part of it. And so uh, um, so as we were walking away, our translator said, yeah, she goes to the clinic. Her daughter has epilepsy, but she hasn't been in a month because she feels like she's a burden. And so, um, you know, with the translator's, you know, blessing, I guess we went back and we were able to encourage her that, you know, the clinic is there for you to use. And like that, the people get just as much of a blessing of you coming as you do from going and receiving the medicines that you need for you and for your daughter. And so she said, you know, thank you very much. Well, later that afternoon, and, and I say this to say that I had prayed, God, please let me impact somebody's life. Don't let me just go over there and, like, shake hands with some people and make some fun memories and then that be it. Like, please let me impact somebody's life. And so later that afternoon at VBS, Chicky pulled me to the side and said, look. And the woman was walking away from the clinic with armloads of medicine that she was able to get. And so I was just super grateful that God allowed me to be able to impact somebody's life and that he used me in that regard and like Becca said that she prayed specifically so the next morning I prayed God please let me share my testimony with somebody today and so that day we went out on home visits and I was able to share with someone I had met the last time that we did home visits and she didn't receive Christ she was just more confused and and she just needed more more Holy Spirit work but then the very next person that we went to I was gun shy because this the first person I shared my testimony with was just like ah. And Mandy said, get up there and do the same thing you just did. And I said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Well, this woman right here, this is Bilma, and we were talking to her, and I was trying to, like, scooch off in the back. Well, I saw she had three small children running around her. And in the back in this picture, right right outside the picture, she had a giant sink. And one of the kids had left that sink on, and it was just overflowing. and, And as we were talking to her, I could identify with her because... I know what it's like to have small children running circles around you, needing everything from you. And so I started to encourage her, or tried to anyway, and she encouraged me more, but um, of just knowing what it's like to just be drained by little tiny people that need you every moment of your day and not being able to rest and having people cling on you and wiping snotty noses and all the other things you can wipe. And so <laughs> so I got to... um kind of just encourage her a little bit and you know and then and then God put it on my heart to ask her and she had told me that she goes to the Catholic Church and that she knows that Jesus is the son of God and she knows that you know Jesus died for her sins and everything and but it was really cool because I said if you were to die right now do you know that you would go to heaven and she thought for a minute and then very sheepishly and almost embarrassed she said no and I said well can I take my bible and show you how you can know for sure and she said yeah, that'd be okay. And so, and uh, all in Spanish. I mean, this is all translated back and forth. Like I didn't, we didn't understand each other. But um, so I was able to walk her down the Romans road and, and kind of explain what each of the verses meant and asked her, you know, do you understand this? Do you, be, you know, do you believe what I'm telling you? And then 
she said, yes. And so I asked her, I said, if Jesus were standing here in front of you today, ready to accept you just as you are, would you accept him just as he is? And she said, I would. And I said, can I pray with you? And I got to pray with her and lead her to the Lord. And and I told her, like, our problems are not, like, your circumstances may never change. But now you have Jesus and the Holy Spirit with you, comforting you and helping you go through. Every, like, you're not alone anymore. You're not, you're not in this motherhood struggle anymore by yourself. And so, and she said, I said, can I please take a picture with you? And she said, oh, I don't do the pictures, but this one time I will. And so she came around and she sat with me. And some of the kids were standing off in the background, like, giving me the eye. Like, I'm not getting in your picture. But... So this is Bilma, and like here, she did not have what I feel is comfort and peace in her look. She did not have that when we first got there. She was drained, and she was struggling, and a look that I know all too well. But when we left there, I was confident that she had a comforter at that point. By the way, she, she didn't talk about VBS, but honestly, Tori pretty much ran our VBS while we were in Guatemala. So, so Matthew, I'm just telling you, if you don't utilize her, I am somewhere, okay? All right, because she was, she was really great. She was a beast out there that, in a good way, beast, whatever. All right, all right, Stephen's going to come up. He's going to share. He actually had an opportunity to lead someone to the Lord as well. Um, I don't think we have a picture of uh, the lady. Um, her name was Maria. It was... Um, I think the second day at Los Morales, and um, we, uh, it was actually very easy, it, it wasn't, I mean, I don't have a really great story, I just, I just went up to the lady and just, just used my Bible and used scripture, and, and uh, the people there were very receptive, she, uh, I'd ask her pretty much the same questions Tori asked, if, if, uh, do you know where you go, if you die today, do you know where you go, and, uh, and she did not, and uh, <clears throat> so I asked her if, uh, if I could take my Bible and show her. Uh, what the Bible says about it, and she was all too willing to let me do that. She, um, um, it was just it was very easy. Walked her down the Romans Road. I gave her. She, uh, I don't think she went to church. Had any? She had several small children running around, like most every place we visited had had several small children. Um, so, but she just she just prayed and received Christ and was and was I mean super ecstatic about it. High fives and neck hugs. We didn't get a picture of her, but um, and it was. So Rebecca, on the first day when she and when we had our little share, we have time to share there, and she and she uh, told me that she had prayed for that for, um, and so that night I prayed that, that God is the very first person we went and talked to that day. So uh, <clears throat> so you know, Doctor Stewart said when we first started this, when that first meeting we had, that you would fall in love with these people when you got over there. <laughs> that was most definitely the truth. Um, as soon as we got there, the, from the interpreters to every family we met, uh, the people were just so glad to see us and so glad that, um, I don't know, you just see something in their eyes. And, uh, and, and I immediately fell in love with the whole place. Um, not only that, but our crew, our team, most of these folks, some of them I knew pretty well. Most of them I didn't know at all. Um, so that was a blessing to me. And, um, <clears throat> and just, just watching everybody work together in the way. The way things, just watching God do what God does, uh, that's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, we, we, David said something about Carlos there, but we had, uh, um, there's, you know, the Bible says that we're to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Um, if God's shown you grace, we're to be good stewards of that. Um, there's a lot of grace sitting up here. I know a lot of these guys. We had an opportunity to share all of our stories with each other. I mean, I know everybody up here's story now. 
Um, but, you know, and, and I think that's amazing just to watch God do what God does. Um, I know for me, for sure, I was blessed way more than, uh, than the people we went to bless. But uh, thank you. Uh, y'all are going to think this is funny. Um, I know it's getting warm in here, okay? And I, I, we're going to check the breakers and stuff like that. But let me help you with it in Guatemala. Guess what we didn't have any of? Air conditioning. So this is great. Y'all are getting to feel Guatemala all over again, okay? We're trying to create the environment. So we're checking on that. All kinds of, please don't. That is so weird. I'm telling you, we didn't plan this. But it's like, I'm looking over here. I was like, it's hot in here. It's like 79 right over here on this side. So y'all are really getting warm. All right, so just, just focus in. Uh, last story, and then we'll have a little fun at the end, and we'll be done. Um, Summer, come on up. You're going to be with me on this one. So, and we'll, okay. We're tag teaming. All right, okay. So, uh, Monday, Monday, um, uh, we, we were, kind of like what Tori was saying, that we were, we didn't know exactly, we didn't want to, we, we knew that when we left, there was going to be another church and we continue to minister to these people. So, we didn't want to just come in there and be like, you know, shove it down their throat, all that kind of stuff, but we really wanted to follow the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And let me just tell you, like, that's probably the best thing I can teach you from the standpoint of sharing your story. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because what we would do is we would share our story. And so in my group, I was like, okay, you know, you go to that one. You go to that one. I, nobody wanted to be in my group because I was basically telling them, like, you go, you go, you do it. Um, and so uh, this is Alluvia. There's Olivia, we met her on Monday, and so Olivia, um, she was, uh, she said she didn't go to church. Now, that's part of my story. I didn't go to church until I was like 14 years old, and I didn't grow up in church or like that. So I went and I talked to her, and I told her about my story and everything. Um, and here's, the, from the standpoint of following the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I said something I've never said in my entire life as a pastor, as a leader, as a Christian, whatever it may be, but I made this comment. I said, you can go to church, but you can't take the church with you. But you have Jesus, you can take him everywhere you go. Never said that before. Now, why did, how did I, that wasn't me saying that. That was the Holy Spirit talking through me and all that kind of stuff. And so tears came to rise. So I'm thinking about, ooh, it's getting close. Here we go. Here we go. Well, then the, the, the story, we keep on talking a little bit more. Um, and then this guy shows up, and his name is? Eric. Okay. And tell us a little bit about Eric. So, um, on the first day, uh, I feel like You can't like go to the last day. You, you gotta go say the first day. Just, just the first day. Just the first day. <laughs> okay. We gotta um, keep the suspense up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, on the first day, Buchanan mostly talked to the mom, and, um, she, most of the people, like, like Dad said, were really receptive, and you could tell that they just wanted to know what we had to say. And so you could see it in her eyes. She was just, like, listening to every word you said. And um, she got kind of emotional, like, towards the end. And um, we just asked, like, what was going on. And she called her son up to come. And she told us a little bit about him. And he had, when he was born, he was, like, what? He, she said, like, one pound or something. Yeah, something and like that. Really so when... Um, when the doctor was delivering him, he accidentally broke his arm. So Eric has lived with a broken arm his entire life. And he's super self-conscious about it. And um, the first day we met him, he was super shy and just kind of like stayed behind the door and hung back and didn't really say much. But um, I'll let you talk a little bit about the next day. Okay, okay, <laughs> gotcha. Um, and so, um, and even when I say like, like this is how his arm looked. 
it was, it was permanently that way because it was all on his shoulder and stuff like that, and that was the way it was. He wouldn't go out because people make fun of him and all that kind of stuff. And so we talk about it. Uh, pastor uh, Filiberto was there, the pastor of the downtown church, and Los Lorales, right? He does both those churches. By the way, one pastor doing two locations, okay? Um, but um, so uh, he's going back and forth. And, and so we're, we're basically saying, okay, are you ready to make this decision? And she said, not right now. I mean, it was one of those, like, if you know anything about Scripture, like King Agrippa almost persuaded thou to become a Christian, that's where we were. She was this close. And I left, like, brokenhearted, because I'm like, she's ready. Like, the Holy Spirit's working. Like, she thinks those tears are because, like, she's worried about her son. No, those tears are because God's working in her heart, and she will not make the decision to put her faith and trust in Jesus. And I couldn't stop thinking about her. Olivia was on my mind every single day. So we go Friday. Friday, and we're, we're splitting up in groups. We change groups, all kind of stuff. And they said, is there any place y'all want to go? I said, I don't care if we go to another house, but I'm going back to Alluvia. And so we went back to Alluvia, and I walked up, and I said, you know, hey, um, hey, first of all, when she saw us, she was excited to see us, like really excited to see us. More probably excited to see Summer than me, but whatever. Um, but she, and, I, and I asked her, I said, I said, have you thought about, have you thought about what we talked about on Monday? She said, I thought about it a lot. I said, do you want to make that decision? And she said yes, okay? So I was able to, to lead Alluvia to Christ on Friday, and then Summer, come on. You, you, got, you can take credit for this. It's okay. Okay. So, um, like I said, on the first day, Eric was super shy, and um, it's, it's kind of like what Tori said. It was, it was really cool to see him on the first day and see how it kind of changed when we went back on the last day because he came outside and we were taking pictures and he was talking to us and he was he was more peaceful. He was like he was excited to see us too. Pull the picture up there, please. Earlier on day, day on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and summer got one. We should have got it all together, but sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> um, so they were talking about Carlos. Um, we were at the VBS doing all these silly songs and dances at the end, and um, Carlos is, like, so into it. We're, <laughs> we're just, like, doing these dances, and Carlos is singing louder than any of the rest of us. And <clears throat> I think that Dad looked at him, and he was, like, he was just talking about how excited he was, and Carlos said, it's the only time that I feel free. And I just thought that was really cool. I think that it's amazing how... God can take someone who's shy and nervous and self-conscious and make them confident and give them comfort and peace. And yeah. that, was, that was the coolest thing to see. Yeah. Good job. Yay. So, <laughs> thank you. All right. Okay. A couple things and we'll be done. We got some fun at the end, okay? Uh, one is, I, I want to say this real quick to all the teenagers here. This is important that you all hear this, Okay. So here's a teenager who won't go outside. He's 18 years old. He won't go outside because everybody p p picks on him because of his arm is broken. Something he didn't control, didn't have all kind of stuff. And here's, my, here's what I want to challenge all our teenagers. Here's what the pastor said. You come to church, and the teenager will love on you. So here's the challenge of teenagers in here, okay? Guess what? Somebody's coming in here, and they may not have a physical broken arm, but they may have a broken heart. And how you treat them will determine what they think about Jesus. Okay, so just real quick, just that's a little commercial right there. All right, so teenagers, let, let's come in with love and acceptance and, and help, not, not, not trying to be a jerk and a bully all the time to everybody, okay? You think it's cool, but it's really not cool. Let's just be honest, okay? It's not cool. 
You, you may be having a good time, but that person, I've been there, that person's having a horrible time. Sorry. Uh, I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Okay? Uh, last thing, and then we're going to have a little fun. Um, and and I, I, I already, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Okay? I've been on mission trips in, in, inside the U.S. It is totally different being on, being on national missions versus international missions. Say amen, Jackson Leah. Okay? Would you all say amen? amen? It's different. Okay? So, here's the deal. Let me just tell you where I was on this. I said, okay, I'm the pastor. We're preaching out of Acts. Acts 1.8 says we go to the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm going to go to the, I'm just going to tell you straight up, being honest with you. I'm going to go on a mission trip so I can check that box and I can say, hey, I did it and done. And I can't wait to go back next year. Can't wait to go back next year. So here's the deal. Guess what? It starts today. Here, this, and, and let me help you with this. Some, somebody, some, I've had conversations with God's never called me to that. Here's what I want to encourage you about. Why don't you just say yes and see if God calls you not to? Instead of it being a, I'm, one, I'm waiting for God to call me, why don't you just say yes now, and if God tells you no, that's fine. But I'm telling you, like, you've got to go. Now, here's how we're going to do this. So much fun. <laughs> Sign up, start today for Guatemala next year. Thinking about going the same exact time? Connect card. Fill it out at the bottom right here. It's almost at the very bottom, before, right before prayer. Ready to go on a mission trip slash community outreach. If you fill this out, I'm going to assume that you are ready to go on a mission trip. I will put you on the list. Okay? I will put you on the list. Todd, you hearing this? We're going to put it. Todd, where are you at? Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'm like, like is he, we're going to put him on the list. Okay? I asked Gustavo. I said, how many can we bring? He said, bring as many as you want to. We, and, I, and some of these people are from the Coleman campus, but from Fairview, we're going to say 11 slash 12 because we kind of share you a little bit with Coleman. All right, okay? But 11 slash 12 people went. How many of y'all, let me ask this question. How many of y'all, this is your first international mission trip? Raise your hand. Okay? So about half the team. First one, okay? I'm encouraging y'all. Do it. Just do it. What about the money, Buchanan? We'll figure that out later, okay? We're, we're looking about the same amount, okay? Maybe a little bit more depending on some stuff we want to do. But I'm telling you, we'll do this. I'll, by the way, too, Cameron, would you like a lot of, Cameron, Cameron, <laughs> would you like a lot of teenagers to go? Now, let me, let me challenge you this, okay? Now, this is something we're changing a little bit because we had a little bit of thing that happened that we need to make sure of. If your teenager is going, the parents have to go, too. Say amen. Not parents, but just one parent, okay? One parent, okay? Now you're like, oh my gosh, that's $3,000. So what? Okay? God will make it happen. Hello? Okay? Okay? Every single one of these people, through fundraisers and, and just God providing and all that kind of stuff, every single one of these people, there's nobody up here that didn't have their trip, that, that at the end of the deal, their trip got paid for. It may have been out of their pocket, maybe whatever, but their trip got paid for. Nobody came back with a debt or out of balance, all right? If you do, I would have told you about it, all right? Okay? But here's the deal. Go. Just go. I want, I'm telling you, God changed me, and I, hope he, and I hope this is contagious, but the deal is you're never going to know what we're talking about until you actually go. Say amen. Until you actually go. So go. Go, 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 go. Okay. I want to show you a video.